Welcome to Fast Facts. I'm Jody. I'm Shelly. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate. The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs. Community leaders. Dallas natives. And guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too. These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth. Let's see who's slating it. You know, Jody, when somebody says, you know who you've got to meet? Yes, actually, this this, this yes. happened to you? With this with guest. This, with what, this guest? Like, no less than 30 times. Oh, mine was like, everywhere I turn, they're like, you know who you should talk to? Blank. And I'm like, geez, who is this human being? And how does she, like, get around like this? And that is how we drumroll intro to Nicole, Nicole Small. Small. <laughs> um, so, technically, she's over at... Lida Hill. She's running their philanthropy. I mean, it is, they have so many fascinating, amazing things going on, but she's also a mom of two and just a flat out baller. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi. So, okay. Just end this right now. Yeah. Actually. I feel like nothing I can say is going to be better than that. (laughs) Here's the truth. This was really just an exercise in confidence boost today and we're done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, the confidence to us was that people like presupposed we would know you. And I had not met you. And I, I remember when you walked in, I said, are you the Nicole Small? Everyone is asking oh, me to meet. Totally. And that is true because you're doing so much amazing stuff. And we got to work with you. Shall I tell, maybe tell everyone kind of how the Slate partnered with Lida Hill for the If Then. And then we can like, hear what they're up to now. Remember, by the way, because y'all remember too when I met you guys at Shelly, it was like I had had the same thing happen with 50 people telling me I needed to know you. And it was like immediate, you know, we had like a thousand ideas. You remember coffee? Like a thousand. Yeah, it was, I walked out more stressed out because I was like, and how are we going to get any of this done? There's so many things. But then we did. So last year, uh, Nicole was in charge of bringing a hundred of the top female scientists from literally around the country and the world um, to Dallas in order to really elevate female women in, in STEM to make young girls be able to look up to somebody and go, oh, look, scientists are not just wearing a coat in a basement. They're actually doing cool things at Amazon or making lipstick colors for L'Oreal and they're chemists and they're chasing bears in the wild, which all of this was true. One of the women who came created, like she did a TED talk because what she had her own planet named after her or something, Nicole, what was that one? Her own galaxy? Oh, there are so many stories (laughs) that you help learn how to tell I can't tell you like how that they're all amazing and the stories that you have been helping them tell have been awesome so where does that stand I know you guys are doing a cool statue project can you tell us about that yeah I would love to um so the if then initiative which we launched a couple of years ago now uh, with the, um, the the beginning of it was launching a report with the Gina Davis Institute around just the general concept of if you can see it you can be it and when we looked around at the media and the um, the ways our girls were accessing kind of the visibility into their future what we were realizing was the imagery that they were surrounded with were not the stories we wanted to tell them to inspire them to you know be whatever they wanted to be when they grow up and they they 
we found more and more that girls have this perception of what a scientist looked like, and we really want to change that perception. So we launched it two years ago with the Gina Davis report around movies and media and kids programming and said, listen, we really need to change the way girls see themselves in the world, and that needs to change on museum walls. It needs to change in mm-hmm. textbook. Mm-hmm. And TV, although my teenage girls tell me that no one watches TV anymore, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> on, you know, YouTube and TikTok and yeah, all those things. Yeah. That, you know, we launched a couple of years ago and we've been working really hard to raise up these women to tell their stories. And that was what you were referring to our summit last year when we brought them all to town um, and had an opportunity to engage with them and, and for them to engage with each other. Our latest initiative, if, if then, um, is actually our statue exhibit, which we were super fired up to launch in May in the North Park Mall. And we were going to do it outside um, in the area, kind of in the middle of North Park with yeah. 125 women. It was going to be 122 women, the largest collection of statues anywhere at one time ever. Um, But it was one of the many things COVID kind of got in the way of. So we, just like everyone else in the world right now, and I feel like it's the greatest overused word in the world right now, but we pivoted (laughs) and we actually um, launched about a month ago in Central Park Zoo. We launched five, um, I'm sorry, six women's statues. Um, in the zoo for everyone to be able to see they're outside and it's just been so well received and we launched a similar pop-up here at North Park Mm -hmm. um, which runs through the next month or so um, and maybe longer um, of our women so you can actually go see life-size statues of these women there's QR codes Um, you can connect into our website and learn more about their stories and it's just been really fun to see the reaction, you know, to see the reaction of visitors, to see the reaction of these women um, recognizing that they, you know, their work is being recognized in the statue um, because, you know, there were less than a dozen statues of women, of real women anywhere in the country. And so we wanted to change that forever. And so um, we hope people will take a chance to go out and see it. If you're in Dallas. Well, I'm going, going this afternoon. Work. I mean, literally, you just gave <laughs> me my entire itinerary for the afternoon oh, with Jody, my seven-year-old daughter. It was so cool because when they were here at the sli- they were they went to the Perot Museum, too, and they did like this 360 scan of the women here. That's how they created the statues. It was printing, right? 3D but printing. It's Nicole, one of the things about this that like dumbfounds me is how until it's pointed out to you, you don't realize something. I had never thought through, where are the statues of females and female leaders? I had never thought of that, which is really kind of sad. Yeah. But now you've well, got them. Well, to be honest, we hadn't either. And that's something, it, it was something that when we initially began this work, statues were candidly not on our list. And we knew we needed to fix museum walls. We knew we needed to fix textbooks. We knew we absolutely needed to fix media and ads and all that stuff. But we hadn't thought about it, but we came across the work of Rosie Rios Um, who had done a study and we were literally I mean I remember sitting in our conference room and we were stunned at the statistics and to your point like we hadn't really thought about it but when you you know really begin to think about what you have power over and where are the places you can affect change and you know we hadn't really thought about statues but we began to right because most statues are bronze statues of women or of you know, people, mostly men, that lived, you know, hundreds of years ago that were honoring their work or their story. And so we brainstormed for quite some time, like, how do you solve for that issue, right? Because are we going to go do bronze statues? I know. We you... were really expected to be able to use this really modern technology of 3D printing and scanning and 
that way we can kind of walk our talk too, right? Like we use STEM yeah. to change the narrative around women's statues and it's been really fun. Well, is there meaning to the fact that they're bright orange? Well, there are lots of meanings to it. Orange has this incredible connotation um, and Lida Hill loves orange. So we surprised her um, by making orange. And there's just lots of good, um, there's lots of good around the color orange. And we just felt like they would stand out in a really unique way because in a lot of ways, you know, when we originally planned the exhibit, it's as much art as it is anything else, right? It's really a statement around, you know, we're here, right? Yeah. These women are here. They're amazing. They're doing amazing things today. Um, and so it was, we wanted it to also be a really beautiful installation and a really powerful installation. And we wanted, you know, young girls and really everybody to stand among the role models of today, right? Stand among these women who are changing the world today um, and not wait to have to celebrate them, you know, in decades to come. And so to be able to stand among these women at eye level was really important to us. And so um, orange was just part of the story. I like the at eye level part of it. And I think too, before we, before we pivot to your amazing facility <laughs> that you guys are building, I would also say and encourage people to go look at these you're, it's also going to be highly relevant and fun for your kids because the variety of scientists, because I do think there's just like this thing we think of when you think of scientists. One of them was an engineer and does Taylor Swift's concerts, and her job is to figure out how to engineer six truckloads of her stuff, unload it in under three hours to wow. build it. Like somebody, that's somebody's job. And so and it's fun and with relevant. The sharks. Just, yeah, just it's just incredible. Swimming with the sharks. So, okay, yeah, so. so fun about this, right? Like, when you see, you said to somebody like, so what does the U.S. women's national soccer team have to do with Taylor Swift, have to do with sharks, right? Mm-hmm. Have to do with bears, have to do with galaxies. People will be like, what? I don't even, what? What are you talking about? And you're like, oh, those are all jobs, right? Like those are all jobs that amazing women have. And that, you know, the idea that little girls, you know, have the opportunity to go out and find the things that they're passionate about and then apply a skill set to them. You know, I mean, I had this conversation with my 15-year-old last week. I mean, we were, she said, I really love medicine and science. I'm trying to decide if I would, I don't know if I want to go to medical school, but like, I really want to work around engineering. Like, is there a company I could work for where there are products you believe in? I'm like, yeah, there are so many jobs. You, you happen to ask the right person. Um, but it's, you know, these girls just need their eyes open to, are you passionate about soccer? Like, you should go see Monica Rowe at North Park. She's the one in the front in the, mm-hmm. you know, left coat, but standing on a soccer ball, right? She's a team doctor and travels the world with the U.S. women's soccer team. So if you're passionate about soccer, but, you know, you're not necessarily going to make the women's U.S. Mm-hmm. national team. Like you can travel with them. You can be part of the team. There's just other ways. Yes. So that's what's been so fun about it, right? Like you love, you know, engineering. There's like a thousand jobs you could do. You could like work for Nike engineering shoes. You could work for Taylor Swift. So there are just so many jobs out there. But I think not even just girls. Generally, I think our kids don't have the ability mm-hmm. and the career paths are. And we, you know, we want them to know it's fun. Science is fun. Yeah. By the way. I don't know if anyone noticed, but uh, whether it's COVID or climate change right now, we need every brain at the table because to- totally, honestly, it's true. Challenges right now, and uh, girl, boy, like young, yep. old, we yep. need everybody because, as we always say at Light Hill Philanthropy, science is the answer, and it's never been more true. So we mm-hmm. need everyone to feel like they can have a seat at the table. Yep. Okay, so let's move to 
Pegasus. Tell us what you guys are up to and you're helping like social innovators in our community come together. I mean, with really, biotech, which is super it's cool. Fascinating. Combo. So walk us through what's happening with that. Yeah. So this is another fun project. Um, so we, um, Lida has forever uh, been in what we call an impact investor. And for people who are not familiar with that, that is doing good and doing well at the same time. And so um, unlike most people, um, we really try to look at the problems we're looking at solving. And then we try mm-hmm. to figure out like what capital stack to use. Do we use philanthropy? Do we use investment money? And the world has really moved um, towards this idea of social impact investing, which is how do you use your capital in sort of a market-based way to really drive change on the things that you're passionate about. And um, Light has been doing it forever um, because she's been investing in biotech and biotech companies for decades uh-huh. because she's been passionate about changing um, the path that cancer has in people's lives. And so, you know, to bring a cancer drug to market, and I do think the whole world knows a lot more about bringing pharmaceuticals to market than they ever have before. So it's interesting, um, I think, how well-versed people are in these subjects. But, you know, to bring a drug to market takes both philanthropy oh, and yeah. capital, right? And we all are extremely familiar with phase one, two, and three trials now, which I think is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exciting in one way. It's a silver lining. Um, so Lida has always invested her capital to try to make change in things like cancer and science. And um, so we we've been passionate about that you know, in sort of carrying out her mission in biotech for a long time. And I'll come back to that, that in a second. The second thing is we also, if you visit our website at Lida Health Philanthropies, you'll also see that we, for a long time, have been passionate about an area that we just call nonprofit empowerment, which is we have these amazing groups trying to change the world. And we've got sometimes unrealistic expectations. You know, if you if you boil it down, right, you're asking nonprofits to solve the world's biggest problems, and you tend mm-hmm. to under right so you're like we'll give you a little bit of money for this year and we'll see how you do and we don't invest in our companies that way right so the way we invest in nonprofits tends to be a bit different and yet they are solving the world's biggest problems solve hunger solve poverty solve the education gap right and all these things that frankly are really on they've been on people's minds forever Mm -hmm. i think this covid crisis has really accelerated and really um, amplified the challenges that we have in the social sector. And so for a long time, we've really um, been focused on how do we enable the really good nonprofits to be able to focus on um, making more progress against their mission and perhaps spending less time thinking about the things that are not necessarily as mission driven. Um, We also, you know, really focus on how nonprofits run their businesses. You know, I like to say that nonprofit is a tax status, not a business plan, right? And so... Hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, hmm. we both we turned our heads like and went, that. Hmm. Say that again slower. <laughs> so nonprofit is a tax status, not a business plan. But when you look at why good companies are successful, they invest in human capital, they have all the resources that they need to grow their products, to grow their business, to grow their people, their leadership. And in nonprofits, we tend to underinvest in things like human capital and space, the things that really create the environment that allow people to be successful. And so we have long had a tenet of our work around how do you make nonprofits more successful? It's what um, led us to launch the Better Together Fund a few years ago, which was trying to get nonprofits um, to be able to work more meaningfully together so they could, again, focus more on mission and less on kind of back office. So we had for years dreamed about, gosh, 
when you go for anyone who spends time going to see nonprofits, sometimes you walk into their space and, you know, they don't overly invest in their space, right? Because obviously you don't want to donor. Gosh, I spent more money on my furniture than Mm -hmm. I did on, right? But yet we expect people to come to work and get underpaid and try to solve these problems. They tend to be in used furniture. They tend to be in, you know, random spaces. They tend to not be together. Um, And we were really focused on what if you could change that game for nonprofits? What if you could provide them the kind of resources, space, um, investment in human capital, um, the things, you know, allowing them to be closer to people who think the way they do? Yeah. Um, Would you be able to accelerate their mission impact? And so we have spent years, we looked at lots of sites and thoughts about lots of different ways that we could try to create a, like a really killer space. Like you guys, your space totally inspired us, by the way. It's such a great space. And if people could go to work in a place that looked like the slate every day, you know, I think your space matters, right? And place matters. And, you know, obviously everybody realizes that more than ever working from home right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's also by putting those social innovators around each other, just like here at the slate, it helps save time. That is that is an accelerator too. Yes. Exactly. Well, and Shelly and I looked at each other. We just looked straight at each other when you said that about investing in human capital and space. Actually, when you invest in your space, we've seen that that's how people are investing in their human capital. Their employees do want a beautiful place to go work, and that is actually a huge plus to working for someone who offices at the slate. Yeah, you always spend more time at what we did. We yeah. used to spend more time than we did anywhere else, right? And likely we will eventually get back to that. And, you know, the way we work is probably going to be different for quite some time. But people are like social creatures by nature. You want to be around other people. And back to the, you know, the reason you do this, right? If we all know this, right? You have a really good meeting with someone. You've got lots of good ideas. And then to get back on each other's calendar can take a month or six weeks. Mm-hmm. What if you rode the elevator every day with someone in your space? Yes, or exactly. You know, maybe you're doing like mental health and someone's doing, you know, early childhood. And you know those two things are so closely interrelated, but you're at different agencies across town. Yep. And, you know, you if you rode the elevator together every day and you could meet in the coffee line, what might happen by those, you know, unforced like interactions every day, unforced right? Unforced like, interactions. Organic. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I, we also believe that when you know people as humans, not just as colleagues, you do better work. And so if you can have coffee with someone in the morning, if you, you know, have a chance to run into them, when you get into that professional meeting setting, you already have a level of trust that is very different than if you only get to have a one hour meeting with them every six weeks. Right. So we wanted to build a space where you could have an amazing slate like experience for nonprofits who are trying to change the world. The people who, you know, invest themselves and their time in that work deserve to be in an amazing space. So, um, and where is it? Tell us where's Pegasus park and who's on the elevators. Yeah. Uh, So Pegasus Park is um, off of Simmons, right by the medical district, which was on purpose because we also are building a biotech hub there. Um, We're trying to put into 23 acres. We're we're renovating in partnership uh, with J Small Investments, who's the real estate developer on this. Um, They Mm -hmm. are renovating 23 acres. And so we're um, kind of bringing back to life a pretty industrial area, right, you know, a half a mile from the medical district. AKA right by us. Yeah, we're neighbors. We are going to be major neighbors. We're going to come to the elevator. We want to be on the elevator. Yeah, we're just actually going to hang out in the elevator all day long and do our podcast in there. I want to see social impact (laughs) innovators all day. Well, 
you know, there's so much opportunity actually for us to work together because the other thing that's happening in this building, which was a huge thing, which you guys know all about, is that there aren't enough like um, meeting convening spaces for a lot of these nonprofits don't have access, right? And if you have to get a ballroom at a hotel, you can't really afford that all the time. So the big thing is we have 150,000 square feet of nonprofits, our anchor tenants, um, which have been announced are going to be the Dallas Foundation, Uplift, Commit, United to Learn, um, and we've got a whole host of other applicants. We've been so excited. We were overwhelmed with applicants for what we're calling Water Cooler, which is the space. So we're taking applications because um, we're going to be funding a lot of them to, you know, come into the space and, you know, upgrade their technology and their furniture and all that kind of stuff. And then we're also um, allowing them to use a conference center, which is called Convene, um, to be able there's there is going to be hopefully a podcast room. There's a big meeting room. There's, you know, lots of outdoor spaces, which we need right now. Yeah, yeah, we really do. <laughs> yeah, we do. So we've got and put the huge... statues in your outdoor spaces and, and when they stop traveling, right? Love that. So, Jody, how do we get Jody a statue? Oh. <laughs> I think it will look great in her front yard. I did win second well, place in the regional it. science yeah. fair in ninth grade. I'm just saying. Behavioral sciences. I won. I have the medal. Yeah. has an atom on it and a microscope. And I'm very proud. Winning. Winning. I'm a scientist. I if you go on Instagram, you can do it. You can become a statue yourself. You know? Really? We have a cool statue filter. So you should do it. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. This is you what we're going to spend the rest orange. of the day trying to figure out. Wait, what? Okay, so, wait, how do we do that before we let you go? Tell yeah, us how, how do we do, do that? Because people are going to want to create statues for themselves and their children. Yeah. Um, so you go to Instagram. She's like doing, doing it right, right now. now. <laughs> She's like, hang on. Let me pretend I'm 15 and go to Instagram here. Hey, hold can. on a second. I've done it. Y'all definitely have to cut this part out. Uh, no, we want you no, to send is, us this your statue. Your, th- we're, we may feature you on the podcast with your statue. We'll put your real picture, too. I'll send you guys how to do it. Perfect. Nicole, you're a goddess. Thank you so much. It's so fun to talk to, as always. No, you're doing everything right, and I feel like you're a kindred spirit with all this. You get that space makes – space and planning and pulling the right people together really makes – more it's it's the sum is greater than the whole of its parts or whatever that terrible and it's fun it's fun it's accelerating and fun you know the whole is greater than the sum of its parts gosh jody and just be super warned that now you're going to be our neighbor and we're going to see each other all the time we can podcast every day (laughs) okay here's to you and slate it. it